ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Universal Lens. I am Giovanni Emilio. <laughs> America's got mindfulness. America's got mindfulness. Yes, What's it doesn't that? work, right? AGT, AGM, AGM. America's oh, got America's got talent. Got talent? Yeah. <laughs> doesn't AGT. work. Doesn't America's work. got mind- that'd be a, what kind work. of show would that be? And you have to get all excited, and the audience is clapping. <laughs> America's it doesn't happen with mindfulness. No? It's usually a quiet audience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People would just be, America's got mindfulness. <laughs> and there, crickets. <laughs> and there's Eckhart Tolle. <laughs> Walking <who> is, up. <laughs> I would like to welcome everybody to the show. That's not too far off. <laughs> uh, so if we take a moment and bore he, you to he, death. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't say bore you to death, but that, that is how he, he, he does kind of come on. Uh, and I, uh, so Giovanni Emilio is here, and so is Enrique, Giovanni Emilio. I did that for Enrique my, Jose Beltra. All my Italian brethren out there. Not Puss in Boots. Not Puss in Boots. <laughs> yeah. Antonio Banderas. Antonio Banderas. That's uh, uh, Shrek. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Puss in yeah. Well, it was a, a yeah, spin-off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. See, we give you a little bit of everything. Okay, the truth is I am Antonio Banderas. Uh, yes, <laughs> married to uh, Melanie Griffith. Melanie Griffith. Griffith. We'd like to make sure that... Uh... By the way, I saw, the, I saw the, the Hey Now Hank picture you put in the... Yeah. And now I recognize Yeah, you know who is. Yeah, I recognize who he is. Hey Now. Hey Now. Oh, he was a funny guy. Love it. Yeah. Love that. I mean, it's funny shit, you know? Uh, and when I listen, when I listen to the, I was listening to the episode because I usually listen to our episodes after we're done with it. I'll go for a walk and I listen to the episode just to make sure we don't sound like absolute morons or <laughs> something I have to scrub out or something. And when you did that "Hey Now Hank" thing, and I'm like, "Hey Now," I'm like, "Who the hell's Hey Now Hank?" I'm like, uh, it's uh, it's a great. And, and uh, if you watch a show, you realize that the struggles poor Hey Now Hank. Had. Yes, he always wanted yes. to be famous, and he was only famous for saying "Hey Now." <laughs> He wanted to be famous. Doesn't that sound <laughs> right? That's a that's the the million dollar question. Everybody wants to be famous nowadays. Love Everybody, it. I gotta be famous. Instant, instant, uh, in, instant uh, notoriety. I want to be famous, and I want to be famous. Uh, hey, you almost you, know. you almost came to Orlando with me. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> so Henry went to Orlando for a, a trade trade show, granite trade, yeah, trade show, trade and there, there was a mindfulness class down there. And I really had nothing going that week, you know, nothing too pressing. So I was like, you know what, Henry? I was like, I'll fly down. He had a hotel already. He's like, yeah, just stay at the hotel with me. I was like, all right. I was like, whatever, I'll book a flight. I said, I'll fly down. We'll go to this month. We'll do this class together. And then maybe we'll grab dinner. I'll, I'll stay for like a day. We'll grab dinner. And then I'll fly back to like oh, the awesome. day after. Yeah, it would have been awesome. Okay. <laughs> Except my plane decided to have. <laughs> so I get on the plane, pull off the gate on time. I'm sitting in my seat. I put a movie on. This is great. We're on the tarmac. Forty minutes goes by. I, I was watching the movies. I wasn't even paying attention. Yeah, it's gonna go. And at one point, I'm like, it's "Been forty minutes, and the engines haven't spooled up yet." I'm like, "It's just dead silence." Yeah. So I kind of look up and I'm looking around. And all of a sudden, the pilot comes on. He goes, "Ladies and gentlemen, this is your pilot speaking. <laughs> um, we tried to start engine number one and two, and unfortunately, engine number one was giving us a high temperature reading." He's like, and I was like, well, it's kind of good that we didn't take off. Right. And he's like, you know, unfortunately, we can't start our engine. <clears throat> we can't uh, we can't go back to the gate with one engine. We have to wait for a tow, and they'll bring us back to the gate. I'm like, oh. an hour, an hour and a half goes by. I look at the stewardess. She comes by. I'm like, you know, do we think he had said 530? She's like, no, it's probably close to the 7. And they let you deboard the plane yeah, yeah, if you yeah. wanted to because we went back to the gate. They go, if you want to deboard, stretch your legs, you can. Yeah, I deboarded. Went right to the yeah. gate, called an Uber, and went home. Yeah, <laughs> I, was like, I was like, yeah, it wasn't worth it. I, was like, I would have been, the plane ended up landing at 1045 no. instead of 7. No. I Plus, was like, yeah. I mean, you yeah, could have yeah, possibly been shark food or something. Fuck no, that. no, it just wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> I just, I made a conscious decision, said it wasn't worth yeah. it. My wife, she was, I came home. Everybody's like, well, what happened? I was like, well, the plane didn't want to start. And I go, I came home. And like, and that's it? I'm like, oh, what would you like me to do? <laughs> would you like me to throw my hands up in the air and be all angry about it? Right. Was it ideal? No. Did I enjoy it? I love planes, so I didn't mind being on the plane. Well, yeah, no. Did I enjoy having to drive to the airport, sit there for an hour, get on the plane, sit on the plane for two hours, get off the plane, drive back an hour home in an Uber? No, it wasn't the most enjoyable experience, but, but it was ha- what it was. It was an experience. We do have to practice what we preach. And I did. I absolutely did. 110% that night. I absolutely practiced what I preached. And then you came home, and you probably <clears> had a better time than I did. <laughs> well, you were there for work, so yes, yeah, that yes, I was. But I, I did get, uh, you know, I got a, some commentary from a guy from Italy who knows about the show. He knows about the show. Now, tell me, France, France, 
Il mio amico Franz. Ciao, Franz. My Franz is... That's not Italian, Well, he, it? he's German. Oh, but say Franz. German descent. Oh, okay. His name is Franz Urschler. Yeah, nice Italian name. <laughs> yeah, nice Italian. But he's Italian as he gets. Awesome <clears throat> dude. Awesome cool. guy. Known him for years. Nice. Uh, real cool dude. And he knows about the show. That's why he goes, Hey, tell me, uh, what are you doing now with uh, the... The so, accents. You know, you have this... Uh, what is the show? What is... <laughs> I'm like, yeah... Show. It's a podcast about mindfulness, yeah. And he's looking at me like, "What the fuck is a mindfulness? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is a mindfulness? <laughs> I don't understand this." <clears throat> yeah. So, yeah. Listen, if we could reach, that's it. Even if we could reach people in Germany, that we do have a listener this week in the United Kingdom. Yeah. I was just checking before. Okay. So whoever you are, cheerio to you. And and I have a theory. On thank this. you, you bloke. Yes, I have a theory on this. So, uh, you know. I went to the mindfulness thing, even though you weren't there, I did go. Yes. Okay. I was there in spirit. You were there in spirit. And one of the people attending the mindfulness thing was from the UK. Oh, really? Yep. And this lady then, uh, you know, pulled me aside afterwards and she goes, you know, uh, I do have a book. I, rec- I want to recommend the book for you. The, so, the, 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 the lady from England? Yeah. Oh, okay. So she's like, uh, the book is from Louise Hayes. I never heard of such a thing. Yeah, no. So she's, uh, she goes, I highly recommend it. And uh, she goes, uh, you know, make sure you tell your friend about it. So uh, Louise Hayes. Do you I know what the name of the book was? Uh, she told me the name. And I'll mm-hmm. be honest with you. I, it's not like I whipped out my phone and started writing it down. But I did remember. <laughs> you didn't whip it out? No, I didn't whip it out. And as you know, uh, there is a certain amount of ADHD that goes around with this uh, this fine mind here. Uh, join the club. I think, yeah. that's why, I think that's why we. So Luis Hayes. Yeah, no, I'm not. Uh, I'll try to look it up after. But she says, yeah, <clears> it's, <throat> it's worth it. And that uh, she's a very good author. And, you know. It goes along with it goes what? along, yeah. And a lot of people are going to do that, right? I mean, there's a ton, there's tons of books out there, there's tons of content out there in this topic. So, I mean, if you're looking, there's not a there's not a shortage of material out there right. about this. This isn't like some. So know. the difference is that what we do is that you know, even though you have written a book, even though you do have a book out there, it's a different type of book. It's not. Um, it's not a uh, some sort of you know. Hey guys, this is a guide into mind. No, no, it's your story. It's it, your story. It, it was a story that evolved into pointers that I realized along the way, and a little guidepost to how to approach things. And like that, Dr. Tatiana had said, you know, it's basically the sauce, you know, that yeah. you really enjoy yeah. in the spaghetti. And you know, that's kind of what bonded us in this thing where mindfulness oh my god it's so good and then we decided to keep going with it and well here we are and i think what happens is that lady that that view we have in the uk is her i think it's her it's her i think it's her (laughs) because what else queen elizabeth like aside from my kingly uh accent and impression what else draws us to UK? You know what I mean? Like, what else has us there? Nothing. It's just probably this woman. She's from the UK. She was from the UK. You know, well, proper accent and all. That's pretty good. Yeah, Johnny. <laughs> that's pretty good. Oh my yeah. god! So oh, yeah. good. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you had a. I'm glad you were able to attend that and <clears throat> listen in and and yeah. get a couple things from it. Yeah, and and, and you know, I, I don't know. She'll listen, but you know, the lady who was doing it was uh, Gianna. Valley. Yeah, listen, we, we've been uh, Valle Fuoco. Valle Fuoco. Valle Fuoco. The, the Valley of Fire. Valley of Fire. Oh, Ooh, sounds like hell. <laughs> yeah. You know, listen, if, if we have definitely been since we started growing, um, not exponentially, but we've been growing. So yeah, like we spoke about before the show, we were just kind of going over a couple of things and, and how we're going to kind of uh, keep evolving as we keep yeah. going. Yeah. You know, the show has been growing. We've been getting more and more listeners month over month. You know, it it is growing, yeah. <clears throat> the show. So, um, and, and there's more and more people who are listening that we don't know, which is, which is a, a, for me, it's a sign of it's reaching people now outside of the circle. Whether that's happened because and people in the circle have kind of said something and been like, hey, guys, you know, I listened to this. A buddy of mine, or they have a friend who's dealing with a little bit of depression, or they have a friend who's dealing with a little bit of anxiety, or they have a friend who's dealing with a different mental health crisis, or they're just in a place in life where they're suffering and dealing with stuff that's just not ideal. And maybe they told them, hey, listen, here's, this is a podcast, kind of this is what they speak about and how you relate to things that are happening in your life, whether in 
uh, on a practical level with everyday stuff or in between the ears like with mental stuff. So and, and it's applicable, I think, to everything, yeah. you know, which is which is kind of great. So it has been growing. So I'm I'm really happy that it has been that we've been trend we've been trending yep. the show. And I'm not saying that you know to tout us or to, but I'm, I'm it's more it's it's a sign that the content and the things we speak about are reaching people. And it's look, I like we said, like I said to you before when we were talking, I said, listen, if, if you get if if I put it across five thousand people. And fifty people out of that five thousand actually click and follow. That's phenomenal, right? That's great because this isn't a topic that the everyday person might grab onto right away. Yep. They usually need a reason to want to understand this, whether they're going through something, they're dealing with something, you know, or, or they've had somebody in their family deal with something, or or they heard about it from someone they're interested. So it's like the person who's just going about their daily lives, just like following the carrot dangling in front of them. Yeah. Are, might not click on this, but the more people you get in front of, the more people tell somebody they know about it, the more people, you know, uh, you know, through like that old, what was that game? Um, telephone, what you do? With oh, the, the game of telephone. Like, it, like the more people it, it touches, the better chances of finding that person who does, who who's going to get a benefit from it. Well, I mean, and that's, and then look, at the end of the day, that's the ultimate thing i mean the advertisements are separate <laughs> right, but this is where we're at like it's uh you know I, i'm at the uh i'm at the gate f- to catch my flight and after two people come ask for my autograph now i have <laughs> now i have a crowd of people uh, and then when the crowd formed around me this struggle is real everybody in the gate and everybody in the other neighboring gates were like whoa who's that who's that guy <laughs> and they, you know they don't know if it's a movie star if it's a tv star is he a uh, one of these internet uh, did you hear the teenage girl screaming Enrique Beltran? Yeah, it, you know it didn't get to that oh, okay. but uh, right. you know the little hubbub around <laughs> me and i was quickly you know knocking out you know signatures <laughs> you know as, as fast as i could <laughs> And but that's how you know <laughs> that we're made it. We're, we're, yeah, we're catching on. Uh, and I could tell. I haven't know, had that experience yet. I'm a little upset know, now. What the hell? I happen to be at the Spirit Airlines gate, but you know who the hell? <laughs> what what notable? <laughs> what notable? You know, guy from the internet is going to fly Spirit? Not me. I would just happen to be there. <laughs> you happen to be there. I happen to be there. As you know, I fly only the best. Yeah, right? yeah. You, know? you had you had net jet, right? Your private jet. You flew. Yes. yes. Oh, yes. That was but it. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, would yeah, look yeah. bad, and the, we'd lose audience. Yes, right? if they thought absolutely. Because the one thing we always say is we're mindfulness at the ground level. Like I'm not taking net jet. I mean, I am, but I'm not going to say it on the. You know what I mean? Like I'm not going to do that on purpose. So uh, if, once, if you haven't realized it, he was on Spirit Airlines. What? What? <laughs> Who me? Uh, and you know what's funny about Spirit Airlines? My shit took off. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, United. Appreciate yeah. it. Mine took off. I actually because when you gave me the ticket, when you gave me your your thing for Spirit, I looked and there was some seats, and I was like, you know what? I was like, I have. I always fly United. I'm just gonna go United. Trust I'm comfortable me. with them. I can't blame you. I, no. Yeah, but you got there on time. I know, but I can't blame you. Uh, and I'm like, I'm sitting there an hour and a half in. I'm like, I texted you, and I I, I, I actually Googled your plane because I saw it service. I'm like, he's already fucking an hour into the flight. Yeah. I'm like, Henry, I'm still on the technical. I'm still on the tarmac. Oh, my God. I get there. I'm like, oh. Holy shit. All right. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, that, you know. That was water in the bridge. But for everybody listening, uh, if I could, you know, ask if, uh, you know, if you like the show, if you found some benefit and... If you know there's a circle of friends that can, you know, benefit from the show. Again, the show is a very light intro. Again, I say ground level stuff. You're passing by, you know, there's a clothing store, there's a cafe. And look, there's a mindfulness uh, store. That's us. We're at the mindfulness store with our door open. If you want to stop by, you pop in and there's, you know, nobody's going to hound you, but you're going to feel great in there. You're going to be like, hey, what's this mindfulness stuff? And then slowly we give you a glimpse and we give you examples and we let you into our world and we let you into our lives and how it's all over us and how we are involved with this saucy thing called mindfulness. And we're the spaghettis all, you know, nestled up in that sauce and how it improved our life. Sure. How it improved our life and how it's also improving the lives of those around us. Even if <clears throat> it's not a conscious uh, thing, it sinks in. It's done unconsciously. It's it sinks in. If you're if you're like we said, we, if you're if this is something that you practice, the people around you will notice it. 
over time and it will filter down to them <clears throat> you know um, it will definitely filter down to them uh, so and I don't know how much time we have but <clears throat> uh, you told me your golf story which I thought was cute about how you know. So I went to go play. I, I, I'm I'm not an avid golfer, but I enjoy playing golf. Um, I have my brother Latam, who's a he's more of a golfer than I am. Anyway, him and his son went out. They went to play this week, and uh, they texted me like, "Hey, you want to come tomorrow? We have a tea time at a local place over here on Route 33 by my house at Knob Hill." I was like, "Yeah, sure, why not?" Right? Took my clubs out. Let's go. So I get to the I get to the course, and there's always that first. Depending on the way the course is set up, that first hole could be a hole where everybody's kind of, if it's backed up the course, you have a line of people and they're all kind of waiting. You never forget your first hole. No. And it, <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know. What are you talking about? <laughs> so I took my stick out. No. So I, <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready to tee off in the first hole and there's a group behind us. And I usually get what's called the first hole jitters, right? Yeah. So in other words, I get anxious because they're watching. And this is where there was a group ahead of us. Unfortunately, these kids, right? They look like they were pros. Younger guys, right? All like, you know, stro- you know, wearing the tight shirts. And yeah, yeah, yeah. they look like the buff guys. And they're hitting the ball like four feet, Athletic. six feet, seven feet. And, and nothing wrong with that. Whatever it is, you pick up your ball and you move. But my mind's going, oh, that's fucking great. There's yeah. people behind us. I'm gonna, and I've been playing golf for four. I'm going to hit the ball. It's going to go 10 feet. Or I'm going to miss completely. Uh. I'm going to get more. So then I started remembering. Hold on. I'm like, wait a second. I go, what am I doing? I go, this is what I, 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 I preach. It's what I preach. I right. practice this every day of my life. I go, I'm going to apply this to what I'm doing. I go, so I started to slowly let everything just drop wayside. Forgot about, I, I, I didn't forget about, it. I, I allowed whatever thoughts in my mind, these people are watching, not watching. I just started focusing on things I was doing. So when I got up to my, my turn to, to tee off, I literally just teed my ball up and just became just totally present. Watching it, focusing on the ball, not thinking of how I'm going to swing, not... Now, I'm, I'm trying to let any thought that comes into my mind just keep flowing out. And I just, for five seconds, took a couple of breaths and just focused on the ball. And just literally, you start to feel a, a sense of, also a sense of calm came. And almost like no thought, no nothing. And just, I just went back. I swung and I hit the ball, took off. I sliced it a little bit to the right, but probably went 150, 160, but came off clean. And I noticed when I did that, I said, that was a different experience from a lot of my other first you know, tease off on the first holes where I would just be so anxious and so tense and I, I, where I couldn't concentrate on anything. Like, it just, I just, all I felt was this anxiety. Mm. And I started thinking, I'm like, wow. I'm like, okay, well, that's pretty cool that I was able to apply this here. And then the next day I was listening to uh, an Eckhart Tolle um, podcast when I was walking around and he made a mention of, a, he told a story about there was a Zen master once who, went to an archery tournament and there was this great archery, I guess, what would you call them? Archery. Archers. Archer. An archer. Right? Yes. Yeah, no an idea. archer. I have no idea. Yeah, you're probably right. All and I know is yes. you, you just picked up a huge market of like golf dads. Oh. Wait a minute. I can improve. I can improve. Oh, absolutely. So yeah, let me finish your story. So he's, he talks about this archer who's like a world renowned archer, right? Guy's always on point. Perfect. The guy's struggling this day. Like can't hit a target, falling apart. And they ask a Zen master who's at this game, they go, hey, what's wrong with so-and-so? Why is he, why is he not able to you know, hit his marks today? He's playing, he's, I guess, shooting awful, yeah. whatever you would it's say. Like he's is. the Mike Trout of archers. Yeah, yeah. and he's, having a, he's having just having an awful day. And uh, the Zen master says, he goes, he's trying to win. And they looked at him and go, well, isn't that the goal? They're like, no, he's trying to just win. Pressing. And he goes, he's pressing. In other words, he was saying that he has lost his presence and focus of what he's doing mm. and is trying to, he's just trying to, he's like you say, he's pressing. He's trying mm. to push so hard there to win. Go. He's focused so hard on winning, on doing, that he's lost the how he's doing it. He's lost the focus on being present. So an archer, a golfer, a baseball player, yeah, like a kid. My, my wheels hey, are turning. W- when you're up at bat, when you're pulling back on that arch, on the bow and arrow, or when you're teeing up to hit that golf ball, at that point, all the work you've done in practice has been done, mm-hmm. and you've learned that muscle memory. In that moment, overthinking or thinking about winning or, or thinking that I got to hit this ball great or I yes. got to hit that target great or, oh, what's going on around me? It, it's just going to be 
utter distraction mm. and or how do I put my hands am I sitting the right way okay wait a second my back up my hands like this you lose complete presence and your mind goes everywhere else where it should be at that point you just want to kind of like let everything drop whatever work you've done to get where you have to where you are mm. has been done there's nothing more you could do in this moment that's going to make that swing that that pull of the the pull of the bow and arrow the swing of the bat or the pitch you're going to do any better you've done that work already in practice now it's just to literally focus on your breath focus on your target where mm. you want to be and just not think but just focus on it and let your body do what it's been trained to do and most pro athletes will say things like look he's in the zone today mm. when they say he's in the zone it doesn't mean that the athlete is thinking like a mile a minute. He's got everything like the sign. No, no. He's in his own means. He's just focused on one thing. I'm focused on one thing, that dot on the dartboard. I'm focused on one thing, the pitcher. I'm focused on one thing. I'm just focusing on the ball. I've forgotten about where my hands are, where my shoulders are, where my feet are. Focusing on the ball. Focusing on that one thing. And I brought my presence right to it. And if you're skilled enough, obviously, I mean, I'm not saying that you could go up and just be. No, no, no. Uh, but as I said, that's where I preface. That's where the practice comes in, right? That athlete succeeds more often than not when they're just focused and they're not in their watch. I'm doing air quotes when they say, oh, oh he's in his own head today. And when they say they're in, an athlete's in their head, they mean that athlete is overthinking. They're thinking about pressing about winning, pressing about succeeding, pressing about everything else except for what. That for, and that's why those athletes who are uber successful tend to have that where they could just let everything fall wayside and they become ultimately present when they're doing that one thing. Now, most athletes, unfortunately, at least the ones you see in the media, don't do that in their day-to-day -day life. But when they're on the court, they're able to tap into that presence. Well, that's exactly what I, I mean, There's This is thick. Like, this is a lot. There's a lot going on. I'm serious. Like, okay, now, not that thick. What are we doing? What are we talking about here? Not thick with triple C. Go, C's. go, go. All right, here we go. No, this is this is legit. So when you when you get to a level, let's say, you know, obviously <clears throat> high school level is one thing, but you know, we're talking collegiate level and then you're talking professional level. You've reached a level where everybody around you has this superhero skill of, you know, you got, let's they take it to baseball, take it to the pros. But yet some guys are more successful than other guys. But all of you guys up here in this league, <laughs> trust me, you're all worthy of being oh, here. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You've done the You've work. You've all done that work. Yeah, yeah, You've agreed. But what, <clears throat> what separates a superstar athlete from another superstar athlete? Now, obviously, some people have different work ethic. I was about to say that work ethic some is people one have different for sure work at that level. However, you just mentioned your ability to focus on that one thing made you you know, if you bring it to your golf example, made you successful, more successful, because maybe you didn't, like, hit the ball once and bloop, it fell in the hole. No, but certainly it wasn't like your other tee-offs. No, the experience was different. It was the experience was different. Yeah. But the result of that was different as well. It was a yeah, more favorable result. Yeah, it didn't go three feet like it has before. Correct. <laughs> and, that's, and that's what I'm saying is, there could be some athletes that are doing this just by nature and they don't even second nature. They don't even know it. No. And that's, and it's been spoken about where, where that does happen, where these athletes kind of do that by nature and they, where they have that ability in the moment to become just completely present and they drop everything else aside. So, and that's kind of like, like that's what we talk about, but it's on a daily basis with but, everything. But yeah, take it now, take it here and, and if you if they do it not knowing, can you do it knowing? Yeah, sure. And if I can do it knowing, consciously, if, you conscious well, you become conscious of it during the your day to day stuff, and you don't just follow that mental noise constantly. Like an athlete has trained themselves to be so successful and so where and they worked so so they worked so hard at that one skill, the craft, what that craft, whatever the sport is, right? They've worked so hard at that one craft where in that moment. They don't have this need to think about how they're going to do it. They just focus on that one thing, the ball, the this, the that, the puck, whatever it is, and then it takes over from there, right? That's, and, and that's kind of what we do here, but imagine being able to do that in your daily life where you could focus on what's going through your head and just pick what you need, pick what's important, and not follow everything else. An athlete does that naturally, 
for some reason. And most masters at their skills, whether they're a chef, uh, an athlete, a writer, uh, a person who does interviews, a reporter, it could be anything. In that moment, they get into this zone where they're focused on, where thought drops out Hmm. and they just, they flow. They flow whatever they're doing. The issue is when they're done with that, they go back into the madness of the mind and into the hysteria of the mind stream, and they be, and, and that's where the suffering comes back in, and all that other stuff comes back in. So imagine being able to do what an athlete does in that one moment, and if that athlete would understand that they could do that throughout their whole day, where you know. So I started the other way. I started it on the back end, like I started putting it in my daily life, and I just realized, oh wait, when I'm on the tee, I could just drop everything off. And again, if I don't practice, my, I'm not going to hit the ball very, I'm not going to hit the ball great, but where I lose that anxiety in that moment, that anxiety, I could, I could make it disappear just by focusing on that one thing. I could not attach to it. And I think sometimes that's where certain athletes or even younger kids, yeah. they get up there, they're up at bat and they're all nervous because they've worked so hard for this moment and here comes this big pitch or here comes this big moment and they're, and they're attaching to the nerves and the anxiety of succeeding that they're forgetting to just be present in that moment and experience it and let the work that they've done just take over naturally. And I think, I, I think another way to say it is there's a lot of busyness in your head. Absolutely. And when there's that busyness in your head, you really can't focus on one thing <clears throat> that's going to allow you to succeed in that endeavor for lack of a better. So that, yeah, and agreed. that, and that correlates exactly to what you were saying. So like, in life, when you sit there to do meditation, the whole point of it is you're going to have the noise in your head. Yes. So imagine going up to bat, because as we have and as we have our kids have, you, you know the noise in that head. It's, it's noisy. Sure. You know? It's how my feet, how am I standing? Am I, am, I, am I too wide? Am I too closed? Am I too narrow? Am I, you know, how my hands? And, yeah, that and, stuff's all done during, your, during the work you've put into it. Is there a guy in first? Is there a guy yeah. in second? Where am I going with this? I want to go oppo. I want to pull. If you know, I'm the hunt, the hunt. And there's this noise that doesn't let you perform. And the whole th- reason you're there is to perform, but there's you can't perform because of all the noise. And if you do perform, it's either by chance, because you know there's a game of chance, because you have done training, you do know how to hit a ball, but your chances increase exponentially if you're able to. Allow allow that distraction to be there, but still focus on where you want your focus to be. Yeah. And that's young athletes. That's one of the biggest struggles that they have. It's not the amount of skill. It's, it's, the, it's, the, the, lack, it's the, the lack of the ability to be able to become, and when we say focus, we mean become uber present in what you're doing in this one moment. Man. And I'm, that's it. I'm unprepared. So the, why? I'm unpre- no, I'm unprepared <clears throat> for this discussion because I wish I wish I would have studied up. I, I'm gonna tell you, something. I believe I could be wrong. I believe Kobe Bryant was like this. Could be. I I thought I heard him saying just how. No, more, you you'll hear that from a lot of like very successful athletes. You'll hear that a lot of them. There was a movie with Kevin Costner, and I forgot the name of the movie. Where he pitched for the Detroit Tigers. That's all I remember. Mm. And there's a and, and he always had this ability where he would say. Like he'd be on the mound and he'd hear all this crowd and everything, and he would say something to himself, like drop the noise, and all of a sudden, and all of a sudden he would just lose. And the movie, obviously, it's a movie. They they make the noise wither away, and he becomes just uberly focused on his catcher, and like apparently he pitches like a great game in his final game, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. But he has that. It's almost he he shows in the movie they depict how you have this ability to let the distractions while the external noises be there but still focus on where you want it to be. And you're just kind of like, boom, just here. It's just me and this, and that's it. Everything else, while it's there still, my focus isn't there. My focus is here. And that's like, an, he's like uberly present when he's doing that. I forgot the name of the movie, but like I just remembered as you were talking, that's like a great Hollywood depiction yeah. of an athlete almost getting into what they call, as we said before, quote unquote, the zone. Like they call it getting into the zone. Uh, yeah, I, I I love how this applies to sports. I mean, get, having kids in sports, and I, I love how this applies to sports. And I wish, geez, wow, I wish we can uh, somehow osmosis this <laughs> into into these kids. Because look, teach as, him. But, but as you know, I mean, uh, you know, in case of my son, 
trains, I mean, trains his ass off as far as practicing and training goes. Dedication. Dedication. Super, uber. And, you know, he also does, um, uh, what do you call it? Jeez, no, I'm at a lack for word. When, uh, so he puts up. Two syllables, three words. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> he, he, uh, believe me, this is fried brain here. Uh, well, when you put up uh, words around his room to c- constantly remind himself of those words. Um, oh, boy. He puts up words in yeah. his room. Yeah, uh, when, you, when you visualize something. Okay. So you know, he put up positive words. Words or affirmations. Affirmation. Oh my God, my it's Scott Lord. Adams. I'm so yeah. I'm so disappointed oh, in you. I, you're disappointed in <laughs> me. Imagine being me. It's your boy, right? Isn't oh your my boy? God. So I'm, yes, I'm thinking. I'm like, I'm, I'm. All I'm hearing in my head is Scott Adams. He, he's talked about this, Henry. So, since his knee injury, you know, he developed this affirmations, and you know, he's really training. You know, everything's on point, on point, on point. But I believe he 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 used to suffer more because right now he's successful, but about the mental aspect and the ability to have a, a, a noisy head when you're sure. up at the plate. It's just a noisy head. No, I, I know, and, I know and, it very well. You've been in the box. I mean, it, it, I've had a noisy head for years. Right? So every time you're in, you're in that batter's box, like for me, you know, it was a noisy head. Like it was a, a lot of reminders and a lot of things you were working on. I'm hearing everybody talking to me. Right? On top of everything, yeah. you, know, you have a coach possibly, I don't know how to do this and do that. Like, oh, my God. I believe this mindfulness applied to sports will allow young kids to perform a little Yeah, so the question, better. so the question is, how do you get a, a young athlete? And we'll use, just use the athlete as an example. How do you get a young athlete? I know we, we talk about kids a lot, but how do you get a young athlete to get into that quote-unquote zone, but not just when they're doing the sport, but like have it carry over. Well, That's where I think basic meditation let me tell you how to do it? is a great introduction for the, for kids. Let me well, tell you how to do it. Tell that young athlete his, his performance will improve by 50 or 75%. Oh yeah. Yeah. That would work. I Trust guess. Me. Yeah. Why do you'll you th- get, you'll get their attention. Put it that why way. Do you that, think, that, that's an attention grab for them. Why sure. do you think at the highest levels people dope people, you know, do PEDs? At the highest level, because they want the edge. They want, they want the, edge. the edge. They want the edge. When you tell, hey, dude, I'm going to take your game up 50 to 75% more success rate. You don't have to inject anything in your body. You don't take any special pill. Would you like to know? I guarantee you, 9 out of 10 athletes would be like, yep, talk to me right now. I need to know what you're talking what about. What you're talking about. Mindfulness. And once he learns that skill on the field, he'll take that skill off the field. Well, and, and that's the key. The key is learning to take that. Like I so I, I kind of did it backwards. I learned that skill off the field. Not that I, I'm a professional athlete, but what? you're not. When, when, I go, <laughs> when I went to go play golf last week, I I actually started during the whole round applying that a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. Now, now again, it's not doesn't give you 100 percent success rate. I'm not correct. I'm not, but it took the anxieties away. Why it made it a more enjoyable. On top, for a person who doesn't, pra- I don't practice often either. So like my my results can only be so uh, positive because I'm not putting the work in right. as far as, but it made the experience for me much more, in, excuse me, much more enjoyable. I was able to enjoy the, the round much more. I was, I felt like I was there. I was present more and I wasn't, I wasn't thinking about, Oh, what's this? What's that? Who's watching? Am I going to do this? Is the ball going to go here? Oh, that was a horrible shot. I was just present with the actions I was doing. Now, if you practice again, right? You practice more, you craft your skill, your results are going to be better. And if you apply this, it's just going to be that much of an added benefit where you're able to drop the noise and say, body, we have worked at this. We have, you know, muscle memory, muscle memory, muscle memory, and just let it happen. So, I mean, but I, I found the experience much, much more enjoyable. Just, just kind of being uber present and being like, I'm here and I'm just going to enjoy this and, and just let it go instead of getting, you know, trying to push away those noises in my head or distract them or just me and this and that's it. I just realized I did something yeah. very similar this week in Orlando. I'm there for the convention, mm-hmm. but obviously I wasn't there just as a visitor. I was actually working a booth. Have you ever worked a convention booth? Uh, no. 
Okay. It's painful. Not not just physically, because you're there for hours on end, and you could be standing for hours on end. There were two days I walked over five miles. Yeah. So just to let you know, yeah. I mean, it's it's not it's physically, but also it's mentally. Like, it's the biggest ugh you can do. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. So it's the grind, right? There was one day where I said, "How do I change this mentality?" And I what I did, I said, "All right, no, this is gonna be fun." This is a challenge. Let's. This is going to be a fun challenge. Let's see how many people I can uh, talk about the product with, and let's see if I can sharpen my skills as a mm-hmm. as a communicator, salesperson. And when I looked at it from that angle, the negative aspects of being there uh, were drowned away or just pushed aside. As a, you know, I wasn't trying to take them out. I was just. They naturally you just, just you didn't you didn't engage them. They naturally just yeah. Like, so for that split moment, as I wake up and I somber into the shower, or somber into the bathroom to shower, I had a little pep in my step after I thought about it that way, and I went to the show with those intentions of a different focus, a yes. different as opposed to having the negative loop continuously play. You know when the negative loop just grabs a hold of you and yeah, you, and you just keep going, and keep it becomes going. a drag. Sure. And you get in the car to go to work, and you know there's going to be traffic, and you're going to have to see the same boss and the same people you work with. They're all drags, and that smell of the <laughs> office. Ah! And then you go and you can, you can't wait for it to be five o'clock, is it? And you look and it's only like nine thirteen. <laughs> like oh my god! Like so instead of that. I did you know, the opposite. You, the, you focused on so I did something like, you wanted to do. Like, I can't wait for people to come to the booth. I can't wait to interact with them. I want to interact with them. I want to tell them about the new products we have out. And bro, believe it or not, my my juices, my juices changed. Mm-hmm. You know, not granted. You might have to do that every day, but well, it's like everything else. It's a it's a it's the a, question it's a practice. Yeah, were you more productive in that mindset than you were? In the negative mindset. No, and listen. You're always going to be more productive in the positive in the positive mindset. But the 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 um, pitfall a lot of people are going to have with that not with not with that, but in, with trying to replace a mentality could be it's not, so you're able to do it. But maybe not everybody might be able to just get into a positive one. Like the negative mentality might be so dominant where it as soon as a positive mentality starts to gain a little momentum. Negative mentality shoots it down. Yeah. More. And this is where the mindfulness comes in. Because if you're not conscious enough, you're not going to be aware that that negative mentality is trying to smother that positive mentality that you're trying to conjure up and be like, hey, okay, I'm going to approach this a different way. But no, you suck. I'm going to approach this. I'm going to do this. But what if you slip up? Mm. But no, 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 hold on. I'm going to talk to the people. I'm going to tell them about this. But what if you forget what the product's name is? But So it's going to keep doing that. So... That could be a slippery slope if you try to get into this. Let me see which one I could bolster up more. Instead, it's got to be where you you kind of come in between and say, forget about trying to be. Now, if it works where you're able to, that's great. Then run with it, right? But if you notice where that struggle is happening, where the negative starts to push a little too much and you're getting into the seesaw game trying to balance it out, drop it away and just and just... I'm going to choose the thoughts that are only helpful. Done. I'm not going to try to tell myself I'm the best. I'm not going to listen to the voices that tell me I'm going to screw this up. I'm going to go into this with a clear, conscious mind. And I'm going to choose the thoughts because that's the one thing you always have. You always have a choice on, right? Your, your power is, your control is, you get to choose. And choose the thoughts that are helpful for you in that moment. When I get really nervous about doing something... Mm-hmm speaking on a microphone, doing an interview. Like, remember when I was going to do Dr. Tatiana's interview and I'm like, all right, everybody's going to see this. I'm giving like an interview. I, I caught myself like getting nervous and rereading questions over. And at one point I said, done. Mm-hmm. No more reading. I go, I know what we want. I know what we're going to say. I know what we're going to talk about. And even though I had my questions, I just let things come up. And I would pick and choose where I wanted to go from there instead of trying to play this game of balancing. Oh, how's it going? Am I listening? Blah, 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 blah. Well, it, it came and you off. find that balance in between, and things kind of now you're anchored in this peace and like this peaceful place 
where you're just kind of gliding through and picking things as you go along instead of trying to say, okay, well, we could do this, we could do this, we could do this, we could do this. Oh, but what if this, what if this, what if this, what if this? All right, but I'm going to be like this. Oh, but what if this, what if this? So if you, not everybody's like that. So you're able to do that, which is great. But if you and I know I'm the kind of person where that tends to happen to me, where if I try to push, let's push positivity, negativity goes, fuck you, I'm just as strong. Mm. I, don't, I, don't, I don't play either of them. I go, yeah, you could tell me I'm great. You could tell me I suck. I'm here. And what the situation is going to require from me is what I'm going to choose and then navigate from there. And it tends to work out pretty well most times, right? Oh, that, that interview you, know? you did, I'm telling you, it was very good. It was a very well done interview. And I don't know, you don't interview people every day, but... No, never. John came off really great. I mean, I already told you uh, all the the positive things, but that's great that you gave us some insight as to how you prepped or you you eventually just said you were you get caught up in, in the, the prepping you get yeah. in, in over practicing one thing leads to the other leads to the other, next thing you know i'm back in the loop yeah well you're nervous and you're a ball of nerves and you know what's going to happen is you're going to forget a question you're going to make a mistake because now you've again circle back i've gotten into my own head yeah. i've fallen out of the zone as an athlete yeah. would say and this kind of like you know again i, I think I've, i said this almost every episode Full circle. See how it all comes back to yeah. the same. We talk about athletes. We talk about sports. We talk about doing an interview. We could talk about uh, going to a trade show and running a booth. The same thing. That that the 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 way our mind works could knock. It could either propel us or it could uh, deter us. Either way, if if we get if we attach to it too much, and like the athlete, at some point, I say I've done the work. Now I'm just gonna be I'm just gonna be uberly present in what's happening here, and the body's gonna take over, right? the The practice, the the muscle memory yeah. is gonna take over. You know, you know, you know where my challenge came in is in the external, is in the people I was around. So I wasn't alone in the booth. I was there with three other There's guys. People with you, yeah, and you're feeding off of their energy. So too. I was one of four. And yeah. by the way. We had great chemistry. Like, we mm-hmm. all got along. You know, we're like, you know. Yeah, you got along with the guys. Pals, but. Yeah, gotcha. But I went there with, and what put that extra pep in my step was that positive thinking about how, you know, I'm going to go talk about the product. I'm going to go sharpen my skill as opposed to I'm going to go, oh, I dread this. You follow me? So, but once I'm there, you know, there could have been a few guys constantly knocking and constantly dreading and con. So that kind of, you know how misery loves company? That kind of a deal. You know, the misery loves company. Oh, you know? yes. So that, that's that's what gets kind of, you get shrapnel in that sense, and then you get kind of pulled down. You get pulled down, sure. Yeah. So uh, th- there's where I, you know, <clears throat> I would like to stay focused, stay on that vein that I like. You know what I mean? Stay on that. Uh, but, you know. Well, with we'll practice. Yeah. With we'll practice. With practice, it becomes second. Even so, this mindfulness becomes the taking a thousand swings in the batting cage, uh, pulling on that bow and arrow a million, you know, a thousand times, uh, taking a thousand golf swings, you know, practice honing in your skill with practice, daily practice of being mindful and conscious and present and watching your thoughts as they come up, watching your emotions as they arise and not engaging with them, that becomes a muscle memory, yeah. right? Where that, that you've now kindled that awareness. I was talking to, um, I was talking to my son this, uh, this morning and we had a, we were having a conversation and I kind of brought this up and I said, it becomes like awareness becomes a muscle memory where it just happens. I go, and the beauty of it is, is once you gain it, once you attain, once you become aware that you have this awareness, I go, you don't lose it. It dulls if you don't practice it, but it's like riding a bike. Like riding a bike. You don't lose it. The thing is, most people don't realize that they have it and for years and years and years and years. So, I mean, like I said, full circle. We change the topic a thousand times, and it's always going to come back to this. But this week, it's just another example of take a young athlete, take a professional athlete, right? And I, I experienced it firsthand. Somebody who's been doing this for a while now, like in a – in a athletic kind of setting, playing a sport uh, or game where I was able to apply it 
where, you know, normally you're just kind of caught up in the moment. I just allowed myself to become uber present and just drop everything yeah. for that, that, that 20 seconds. That muscle you know, would not have been strong if not for your daily use of the... Uh, no, I've hit that ball four feet many a times in my right. life because of the nerves. Yeah, because of the nerves. Like, literally, I'm just like... Uh, where I just go to swing and everything's a, everything's a mess because I'm just... I'm just so attached to the ball of nerves that I am. Right. I was able to this time just let it drop. And, and you know what I'm saying? And, and the muscle. Shot your meditation muscle. You my know. meditation muscle. Yeah, yeah, the ball could have looked. could have been a, an uglier shot, but my experience was completely different. Uh-huh. And I noticed that for the first time playing golf this week, and I play golf. You know, I don't play golf. I'm about to probably play four, five, six times a year. This is the first time I actually, like, noticed that experience, noticed it, and I was like, wow. Yeah. No, I was I, like, holy crap, I just... I just dropped everything to the side and applied that for those for these 30 seconds. Like what I do when I have an anxious thought or whatever, or just daily when I'm watching emotions and watching my mind think, or, you know, just seeing the thought streams. I was like, oh, I just applied it here. Like, and I didn't, I never, maybe I didn't have that, the opportunity didn't, you know, didn't come uh, along that often. So I never really had the opportunity to apply it there, but it was kind of, it was kind of cool. No, but we're traveled because uh, Tiger Woods texted me and he says, Hey, your friend John's having a great round, and I said, "Really, Tiger? Uh, you know, I didn't realize." Yeah, no, was... they called me for the PGA tour, but I had to let go. Yeah, yeah, I said, "No, I'm too busy, <laughs> too too busy." I said, "Podcast, book, and yeah, you know, work and stuff like that." I go, "I don't have time to play golf with you guys for millions of dollars a year." Ah, uh, no, nah. nobody has time. No, for no, 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 no. That's no, right. No, I call the next guy. Not I, for me. I try to tell Tiger. I said, "Tiger, listen, you know, my hand is falling off after signing so many autographs at the gate. You understand, Tiger." Yeah. You get it. He goes, yeah. He says, uh, he says, tell John now he's going to be known for golf and mindfulness. Uh, so that was that. I like it. Yeah. Cool stuff. Yeah. I like it. I, I'm going to, I mean, I, I've been trying to incorporate this uh, with my kids, but you know, you have to have a natural flow of it. You can't, you it know. doesn't happen overnight. So yeah. You don't tell the kid today and all of a sudden tomorrow it's gone. It's, but if they start practicing it, it, it it eventually it sinks in. And for the athlete out there who has that ability to do that in the moment, but realizes outside of there they're anxious, they're stressed about everything. Well, that same that same uh, um, mindfulness or awareness or presence you have when you're in the moment and you're able to get into the zone. If you're that athlete that just naturally can drop everything and become uber present, and that's why you're successful. Try applying that to your daily life. Try applying that skill that you have and you don't realize you have when you're playing a sport. Apply it to when you have to do things for school, work, when you're dealing with family, with friends, social issues. Yeah. Apply it there because it's no different. You become uber present and you watch yourself thinking now and just don't attach to those thoughts and focus on what you want to focus on. Whether it's an argument with a friend, a girlfriend issue, Schoolish, whatever the issue might be, and you can let a lot of those stresses fall wayside immediately. As you're talking, my wheels are turning. I don't know if you could tell because I see smoke coming yeah. out of the headphones. <laughs> but I don't know if the headphones were on fire. <laughs> no. I don't want to make you nervous. You know, for, there's so many things going on in my mind right now. Like it's crazy because you know how for mindfulness you need to be willing. You got to have willingness. There's a, there's a willingness to 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 yes, so, absolutely. There I am to allow that those thoughts to be there. There I am to trying to talk to my son or trying to get this through and try, but there has to be a willingness from the from the from my son from the subject or yeah, quote from, unquote right, from the person from the, yeah. from the person. So now, if you were to talk about this in front of a team of let's say let's go with it, let's go baseball team. If you were to talk about this in front of a baseball team, even those that wouldn't have willingness would probably have willingness knowing that there's a few guys on the team that are willing. Does that make sense? So the willingness caught fire because if there's a teammate of yours that could possibly benefit from this, again, it's a group thing. It's not an individual thing. Mm -hmm. If you approach this as an individual thing, the individual might go, "Eh, yeah, whatever. You know, I don't have time for all that. Got it. That's the individual. That's my son, for example, or or a kid that. Yeah, you know, yeah, you, I got gotcha. you. You're just telling him, "Hey, look, it, it could improve your game." Yeah, but if you're talking to a group of twenty kids, twenty guys, and they think that a few guys in the team because they're not interested, uh, you know, I'm gonna individually speaking, they're not interested. But as a group, 
you form a group think where they're thinking there's going to be guys here that are going to benefit from this. It's going to take their game up. If they're each thinking that each other are going to have a benefit to their game, they're going to be willing. As a group. Oh, yeah, that's what you said before. Yeah, yeah, where you... If you if but this you, is psychological. If, if this you, is very it, yeah. nerdy stuff right here. <laughs> where the group... Again, you if you stand... I, I, I've said this example before. If a hundred people came to see uh, a magician... All right, David. I saw David Copperfield live. So Woo, yeah, David Copperfield yeah. going so, back in yeah. time. I'm uh, sorry. Yeah, right. well, David Blaine. David Blaine. All right. David, even even David Blaine's an old man now. No, but at least younger kids will know who he is. Well, let's go with that. David Blaine sold out a show. Yeah, yeah. Right. There's there's two thousand people in the audience, but before he comes out, me and you come out, and we say, how many people here, you know, have suffered from anxiety, and we do that in a group. It'll catch. It'll be more accepting individually. Just pick a random person. You have to have a lucky lottery ticket for that person to be like to be in the right space right. of mind where they're willing to do it. To yeah, willing, I guess so. To to yeah. be able to open the door to willingness. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Is and and it's it's weird how that works because you know I well, want. I think as human beings we tend to just to follow the crowd. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's what I'm saying is. It's more comfort level and you're all doing it? All right, I'll try it. Well, we would reach more kids in that way. The, the, you know, we, 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 reach the ath- we reach the youth through athletics because once they learn that skill, then like you said, off the field. Yeah, they I mean, can apply it. Yeah, I mean, more importantly, it's off the field than on Correct. the field. I mean, I, I, we but use the, the kid, on the field as the entry point but for the them. the kid doesn't know that. No, exactly. So we're using the on the field as the entry point for the kids. And, and, but what they don't realize is the true benefit of this. Like the, right. the real reason why, we're, why you, this is an important thing for you to practice and to kind of adopt is the benefits off the field. Because 90% of your life is lived, maybe even more than 90%, whatever the number might is lived off the field. Like the sport is this much of your life, especially for a you for a kid. I'm, talk, I'm talking maybe an, a major league athlete or a professional athlete where it's a healthier balance because their day to day life is their their sport. But it's the off the field stuff right. where they're gonna cut out all that suffering, all the anxieties. Like where you're gonna see the need for kids to use narcotics or alcohol yep. or other kind of yep. uh, depressants. Or stimulants, yep. they'll drop them wayside because it won't be a necessity for them to kind of, you know, anchor into that place. So yeah, yeah. It, it it would look. It would. I guess it does have merit to say that if we could reach them on a group level, group level. You know, you, or if you so if you're a coach, I mean, not us because we don't have access to teams. But if you're a coach and you're listening, or you're a person who has a son on a team, talk to your coach about it. Hey, listen, you know, is there any kind of mindfulness activities we could do with the kids to kind of teach them to kind of become a little bit more, you know, present? And you could use words like, you know, how an athlete finds the zone. You know, a lot of kids don't have the ability to find the zone, but the zone's there. You just have to notice it. Like, do the work when you're practicing. That's where the work is. I would have loved to have done this experiment back in the days when we had the, the team. Yeah, well. Right? Yeah, when they were, especially when they were younger. I think, and I think. Look, certain kids. I know. I know. I know. Parents of certain kids have had their kids practice meditation, and again, it's while well, we use the we use the caveat of hey, your on field success could be better. It's not a be- right, like, but it's a great worm. Uh, on it, a hook. It's a great worm on a hook, absolutely. But that's not what it's like. It's not about just the. It's not about your your success rate maybe going up. It's your experience is going to completely change. So even if you were still going to bat 250 or you're going to bat three, you know, instead of batting 350 or 400 for a baseball player, let's just say, but your experience is a different one now because you're not attaching to those labels and those judgments in your head. You're actually going to enjoy the experience more and chances are you'll probably have more success if you put in the work in also, you know, crafting your skill. But like it's it's it changes the whole optics of wow this was a great experience when it's over instead of oh my god this was horrible and I sucked and I'm the worst and I didn't get the D one scholarship or I didn't get this I didn't make the team I'm not a starter I'm on the bet like that all 
Okay, it's it's not about that. It's about when you, when you're freaking dead someday. It's about how was your experience? Your experience of what you did on this planet. What was it? Was it you succeeded at everything? Okay, it's great you succeeded. But how was your experience? It was stressful. It was stressful. It was stressful. But I succeeded. But you had a stressful experience. So I could tell the same person, did you succeed? Eh, no, not all the time. How was your experience? I loved every minute of it. Mm. Why? Because I was just present. I was there. I didn't, I didn't listen to the labels that said, I didn't succeed, I suck, I did succeed, I'm the best. Right? I kind of told that, 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 that line right in the middle. And when it's all said and done, your experience is a much more wholesome one, quieter, peaceful one. You're fulfilled no matter. You're fulfilled no matter what. Whether you reach the top of the, the of Mount Everest or you don't, the journey is where it's done, right? So and it's important for an athlete. That would be very important for to, to for a kid or a young athlete to understand because when they're when their collegiate or when their high school experience is over, right? Like your son, right? They're finishing their high school experiences yeah. now, right? John's my son's already in college. But when that experience is over, you can look back and say, was it enjoyable because my team did well? Or was it an enjoyable experience because my experience was one that was just a great one? Yeah. Uh, you know what? And winning makes everything better. I know I've heard that a thousand times. I get it. Winning makes everything better. But winning doesn't make the individual experience better. Winning makes the group. Yeah, the team won. That's phenomenal. And that's the goal, right? That, that could be a, that's definitely a goal that you're going to want to have. But your experience as a person in that event is only dictated by how you approach it. Whether you win or lose, whether you bat 1,000 or you bat 200, the ultimate experience, the quality of that experience isn't just dictated by the success. It's dictated by how you approach each moment and each event that you're in. Yeah. I, 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 as you spoke, whoa, whoa. <laughs> the mic was dropped. As you spoke, man, I just did a quick little balance sheet. We'll wrap it up then. No, I just did a quick little balance sheet. And all these things are permeating my son. Because... Permeating. Yeah. Nice word. Oh, you like the you yeah. know, vocabulary is my thing. Uh, he mentioned to me how special this last season is. Because this is my last yeah, it's high his school last year. Yeah, season. Yeah. Things aren't going perfectly his way, but he's doing well. But not perfect. But he's able to tell me through the ups and the downs. Cause and that's key, right? Through the downs also. He's able to tell me how he knows this is that. And he just so he just wants he's to soaking soak it, it in. in. Yeah, and that's... He that's, goes, I'll never have this again with this group of guys. No, absolutely not. At this moment, what we're about to do, what we're... Interesting. I'm like... Okay. That's that's great. Yeah. He's, so he's he's incredible awareness. He's you know? he has he has a lot of awareness of what's happening around him right now, and and he'll realize that when it's over, okay. And and that moment has passed, only for another moment to yeah, come. That's crazy. Right? We don't attach. So the, like a key for a kid like that, or a bunch of these kids, is not to. You ever hear like the story of, oh man, when I was a high school, whatever. Those were the best days of my life. Al Bundy. Al Bundy, right? Uh, the whole Heisman, right? right? <laughs> that was his whole stick, wasn't it? That was his, his whole stick. Oh, the down fourth and one at the goal line. And I probably, like he relived that story constantly yeah. because that was like that for him was the highlight of his life. Yeah. But no, that was a great moment for him in his life. But you allow that moment to pass now and you just become engrossed in the next moment. It's not saying we don't have those memories and we can't enjoy sure, them. Sure. But when when you have identified that that was like, so like when Cookie says, this is a great experience. Okay, that's awesome. Like he's not saying that when this is over, it's going to suck because this is the best thing. And what am I going to do after this? Because that's an attachment to this moment and you're holding on tight. And so him saying, dad, this is great. And I'm appreciating that I'm with these guys and he's a lot of old school friends and we're having a great yeah. season. And it's it's just you know I'm 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 I know and I'm aware that this isn't going to last forever. So that's a higher level of thinking already for you, for, for for your son. Yeah. Where he's not like he's not gripped onto this. this he's flowing with it, and when it's over, he flows into the next thing, right? And you have those memories, and they're nice, but it's not going to be like well, what do I do when it's over? That's where you kind of like when you hear that kind of language from somebody. What do I do when it's over? Wow, there's a huge attachment to that. And that's going to cause you suffering because now you're, you don't want to know what's, your life is just here, like there. 
It's not going to go anywhere else. It's going to be, well, this was, this is the highlight of my life. We should just fucking die today. Like that was a highlight of my, that was a highlight of my life. Every moment is a highlight of your life. You know what the highlight of my life is now? Mm. What the next highlight is now? Have there been great moments? Absolutely. Phenomenal moments along the way. Have there been shitty moments? (laughs) Absolutely. Plenty of them. This is the highlight of my life. The next moment, the next highlight of my life. Wow. Uh, uh, I hope my wife is listening <laughs> because you know uh, we as parents we get caught up we get caught up and we start looking at their baby pictures and you go, oh we've uh, talked about this before yeah, John and the iPhone makes it worse to yeah. his memories look what you were oh, in 2003 the, 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 remember my wife had, shared a yeah. picture with, with, with us both remember yes. the, the kids how, I mean they were extremely and cute it's cute to see that absolutely but I mean, it's I'm nice. watching my wife is anchored into this past and it hurts. You know why? It hurts. Because the big one is about to leave the coop, the nest. Oh, the first. Yeah, we had that last year. Yeah. The big one is about to leave the nest. And Mama Bird is not handling it well. Well, I mean, okay. And then that's a natural, right? So it's natural for a mother to, or a parent to have anxieties when their child's leaving the nest. But get the fuck out. And I'll tell you why. The bird's got to learn how to fly in the Absolutely. Absolutely. Fly, 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 little birdie. And you know what? Eventually they fly back to visit. So don't worry about it, Mama yeah, Bird. They, yeah. they always come back to say hi. Yeah. Yeah. I know. But, uh, yeah. So shut your memories off on your iPhones. If, if, <laughs> yeah. if that's a piece of advice I could give you. They're cool. They're great. But if. Unless you're able to look at them and go, how beautiful. How is beautiful that? is that? And then put your phone down and be like, all right. Nice. And, or, or get caught up in four hours. Of, oh. Nice. Oh. I don't know how we segue into this, but yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's let's cut the cord right yep. here. Yeah, <laughs> we're, 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 we just hit the hour mark. All right, so we did. Yeah. Oh my god. So sorry, uh, sorry. Another, no, no, no. <laughs> you know what? I'll never apologize for good content. Oh yeah. Look Sometimes at you know what it is. I would love to say we could cut it off at forty minutes, but if if at forty minutes it just doesn't make sense, like it, there's a point in the, if if we don't reach the if we don't if we don't make if we don't close that circle, mm-hmm. it just doesn't. It's it just doesn't feel right. I like know. we have to close the circle. We closed the circle yeah. ten minutes ago. Then we just went off on another rant. Yeah. But we, yeah. <laughs> it's like so. that booger. You're <laughs> trying to get that booger, and you're getting little ones. But until you get that big one, <laughs> the, the one that's blocking the what passage. The when I get that one, uh, oh, that's it. That's how you know you. And done. this is how you lose listeners, ladies and gentlemen. No, <laughs> we're all nose picking community. <laughs> Everybody here does it. I, they do, yes. They all say they don't, but everybody does. They do the old, you and, know. And, and all of you know, you know. Yeah. If you know, you know. You know, you know. You got to do it. I love okay. it. Yeah, man, wrap it up. because Yeah, because you'll keep talking. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm at nose pick. I'm going right to pull, I'm, I'm pulling, I'm pulling Harry's mic. That's it. Hello, hello. <laughs> all right, so uh, okay. thank you everybody again for listening in. And as we always do here on the Universal Lens, I will take us through a quick... Uh, just a couple of minute guided meditation here. And again, the reason we do this is whatever thoughts, whatever's been going through your head as we do this, um, it's just to help you. It's a good exercise to to watch what's going on in our heads and all the thoughts and emotions or whatever might be popping up. So as we uh, do start this, uh, get comfortable, um, bring your attention to your posture if you can. And let's start doing those conscious breaths that we do every episode um, with the two-second hold in and out. So inhale for two seconds. Hold for a couple of seconds. And then exhale. And just keep that pattern going as I kind of talk us through it. So like I said before, any thoughts, any emotions, any feelings that are rummaging through your body or your mind right now, notice them. We are here to notice, not judge or label, just to notice. That's where that presence comes in. So just let them, let those thoughts float by like a cloud. If you're noticing any discomforts in your body, whether it's pain, like right now my knee is barking. Mm-hmm. I, I, I noticed that my knee is barking. I'm not going to label it, but I noticed that my knee is barking. I bring my attention to that knee. If you're holding any tension in your body, eyes, forehead, your jaw, shoulders, release that tension. Again, no judgment, no labels, 
just noticing it's there and release and you'll feel that sense of release just take a couple of more deep breaths one more and exhale slowly open your eyes if you want to stay here for a few minutes absolutely do so and enjoy that uh, little bit of uh, leftover tranquility behind it um, or else we will wrap it up there will be some soft music after you hear our words <laughs> and you can enjoy that soft music yes there will be um, alright so I think that's it we'll uh, catch you guys on the, the next episode uh, thanks for tuning in thank you it's been a pleasure yep later The insights and discussions that we speak about on our show are our own opinions and based on our life experiences. If you or someone in your family or someone you know is suffering and in need of help, please get them that help through medical attention or seeking proper therapy. Again, what we speak about are based on our experiences and not intended to be taken as a form of therapy.